bestie. It's two bestie homeschooling mamas coming at you. Hey guys, this is Christina. Today we are going to talk about why is community important. Let's dive into why community is so important in your homeschooling journey. Let's discuss the differences between co-ops, support groups, and state organizations. And if you should be involved in one of them or all three of them. And what might work best for your family. All right. So what we're going to do is just kind of give you a refresher of mine and Christina's background in homeschool real quick and why we think this topic is important to us. I have only been homeschooling for one full complete year and my kiddo was a kindergartner. So this is super duper easy school stuff for me. (laughs) It hasn't been super difficult, but... It was very awesome to have a support group on my side. Just so you guys know, I'm a part of a support group. I'm not a part of a co-op. Christina will tell us in a little bit what the difference is between those two things, but I was a part of a support group this past year. And I'm still learning the difference between these things, but I am a part of a support group and I am a part of my state organization. I have been homeschooling the whole time. My oldest is 14, so I like to say I've been homeschooling for 14 years. And I am also a part of a support group and a part of our local state organization. We have been the entire time and we aren't just a part of the community. We also volunteer heavily in the community. They are very heavily in the community, which was why she was such a huge part of me becoming a part of the homeschool community when we made that decision. Them being there already made it a huge, like, relief for us to be able to, like, make that jump. We are are very passionate about homeschooling and just sharing that with everybody is important to us. So let me just, I'm going to briefly describe to you the differences or what a co-op is, what a support group is, and what your state organization is. So you have a better understanding of each. A co-op is going to be class focused. Most co-ops, and I will say some vary here and there, but most co-ops are going to be class focused. You sign your kids up for specific classes. You usually have specific volunteer roles that you have to contribute in that co-op, whether it is teaching one of the classes or cleaning up after the classes or doing snack, some sort of mandatory participation on the parent side. They are typically fees are involved with co-ops. You have a fee for the co-op itself and then a fee for the individual classes that your student are, is taking or students. And they tend to be more curriculum based. There are fun classes that you can do, but a lot of them are subject related. Let's see. So a support group is different from a co-op as they are usually more event focused. So relationship, they're both relationship based, but they're event focused. You're going to have field trips and park days and you're going to have clubs or mom's nights, dad's nights, family events, that type of thing. And there can be fees involved for Support groups, not always. You know, that just kind of depends on the group itself. As for your state organization, those are going to be the groups that, most importantly, they protect your freedom to homeschool. So at the Capitol, at the state level, they are down there fighting for your right to homeschool, which is an amazing blessing. And then they do other things like putting on the homeschool convention and the graduation 
for homeschool students. So they have a lot of resources, a lot of support and ways to get plugged in within the community as well. So that's kind of a summed up version of the differences between the three. Thanks for describing all of those for us. Of course, you know, I'm still learning all of them a little bit and I've never been a part of a co-op, so I'm not super familiar with that. But so I have a couple questions for you about some of the things you just chatted about. Is there and like, is it a better option to be a part of a co-op versus a support group? I wouldn't say that one is better than others. They both have benefits and they both have drawbacks. It really just depends on what is important for you and your family and what you are looking for within your community. They're both going to build a community. They're both going to contribute in a positive way to your homeschool journey. So it's just, are you looking for what kind of support are you looking for? And you can do both. You can absolutely do both. It just really depends on what you are looking for. Right. And if you want to do the financial side of both, if true, the support group has a fee and the co-op has a fee and you, you're able to financially take it on both kind of situation. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and honestly, I mean, if you're volunteering in the support group or the co-op, you have time to do both, I guess. Right. Okay. Well, and that factors in, too, is your time, because right. the time that you're going to spend for one kid versus two kids in school versus three kids or four kids, you know, a time definitely is going to factor into how much you can put into each group. For sure. For sure. But, I mean, definitely my homeschool journey looks a ton different than yours just based on the amount of kids we have in school at the time. I'm only ever going to have one kid in school. And for the, at least the next four years, you're always going to have five mm-hmm. in school at the same time. You know, that's definitely a time difference on right. what you can contribute time-wise to what I can contribute time-wise sometimes. Right. So. And keeping in mind, too, that a co-op, you have to f- factor in the time requirement that you have to put into it. Right. With a um, support group, you want to factor in what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. So right. how involved you choose to be is going to affect your journey. How much journey. community you get yeah. out of it? Absolutely. Gotcha. Gotcha. And again, they both provide community and, you know, people to to support you along the way. Along the journey. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. How do they differ in, say, like field trips or interest groups from co-op to support group kind of situation? Is one heavier in one way or the other? That's a great question. Typically, support groups are going to be more focused on the field trips, then they're going to have more opportunities for those type of outings. You will have field trips with co-ops, but they tend to be less frequent just because they have the structured classes that you, you know, you have to attend every so often. So those outings are going to be less often with a co-op than they are with a support group. A support group is very heavily focused on the the socialization and the relationships. So you're going to, most of your events are going to be some sort of an outing. Gotcha. And like how many, how many field trips would you say a support group would do a year versus a co-op a year? Everyone's going to be different. Our support group that we're a part of, we do two to three field trips a month, probably two park days a month. There's clubs and family events and all kinds of events throughout the month. So and every we have a mom's night once a month at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is 
there's multiple events to choose from every week. With co-ops, you're typically meeting, well, this could differ from co-op to co-op, but you're typically meeting one or two days a week, and that's your set day that you're meeting for specific classes. So the outings would be scattered once or twice throughout the whole entire year. Gotcha. So when they're meeting once or twice a week, but it's just for that structured class time. Correct. I mean, yes, you have community, but it's not like that socialization part. It's more like the school's time like that you're having with the co-op, like a school time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Got it. Now, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the state organization part of it. It's not really like any of those things. I know that the state organization does have a list in most cases. Um, Mm -hmm. Say you're not in Arizona, which is where we are. Our state organization happens to have a list of co-ops and support groups if they tell the state organization about them. So you're on that list as long as you tell the state org about yourself, about those things. But if you are in a state where you don't have that list or whatever, you know, maybe contact your state organization and get a list started. But um, the state organization for us, I know I noticed them down at the Capitol on homeschool day. Can you tell me maybe what they were doing down there on homeschool day and why being down at the Capitol is important or what the state organization does for us? You had talked a little bit about it helps keep our freedoms. What What does that mean? Yes. So it wasn't all that long ago that homeschooling, we weren't free to homeschool. So your state organizations have been incredibly important in making sure that those freedoms are there so that we can homeschool, so that we're not worried about going to jail for truancy because we didn't send our kid to the local public school. So that is the heart of the state orgs and what they do is making sure that they are down at that capital, that you're congressmen and congresswomen are know that we are here and know that we are good at what we do and that it is okay for us to homeschool. So they are down there all the time lobbying for our rights and our freedoms. Um, and that's just something that we really need to support and keep supporting so that they stay, our freedom stay and our freedom to homeschool and do what we do. Right. They gave it to us. And unfortunately, just as easily it can be taken away mm-hmm. and they can make you put your kid back in school. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that. <laughs> I don't so, want that for uh, sure. Right. So just, just cause I'm curious, do you have an idea of what you think, um, when you think the last person was sent to jail, jail here where we live for homeschooling? I think it was in the eighties. 80s, 1980s. Like, I think like, 19, like 85? It was actually in 1991. Jiminy Christmas. 91 or 93. Okay. But in the 90s, like that's not that far. Yeah. I, I was a teenager in the in the 90s. Yeah. Um, and that's the last time somebody in our state went to jail for homeschooling. And that just, wow, that, that wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't that long ago. Um, so just supporting those state orgs so that those freedoms, so that we don't go backwards. Right. So that we can keep homeschooling is really, really important. Right. Right. And we'll put some resources in the show notes for you guys about where to find your state orgs. There is one general website called HSLDA that is a, basically, they are the lawyers that fight for each state. So HSLDA stands for Homeschool Legal Defense Association, and they absolutely are a great resource for finding the laws for your state and your state organizations. 
they are not the end all, but they are a great place to start to look for the rules for your state and for your state organization website. Their website will have your state's mm-hmm. organizational website yeah. on their website. So yes. it'll be, it's a great one click to find your state's information. If you don't even know what your state's information looks like, if you're here for the first time and you're just like, I don't even know if I want to homeschool or I do want to homeschool, but I don't know what my laws are. They're pretty awesome currently in Arizona. I had to sign a little paper for my son saying, I'm going to homeschool him and send it into my state. And that's all I had to do. And so that was pretty awesome. But all state, all states are not like that. Right. That's so what I'm saying. Every like, state is going to be every different. Every state is so different. And so mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're doing the things you have to do to make sure that you're staying legal with your state because they're all different. HSLDA, their website, will tag that in there, that information for you guys. Know that that is not the end point. You need, that's where you start. And then make sure you go to your state organization and find the laws for your state. So we hope that this reaches all of the states in America. And we hope this podcast reaches everybody. And we just want you guys to have the resources to find the information. Because if you're questioning whether or not your kids should go into public school, it's probably it's probably time for you to start homeschooling. Mm-hmm. I know that that's what the big thing was for us when we like sat down and said, hey, maybe maybe he shouldn't go to kindergarten this year. If they're going to pull him out five times a day for these check boxes that they have to check box for his special needs. Is he really going to get the things that he needs to get? Or are they just going to, is he just going to be a big check box for them? And, and I didn't want that. So if you're starting to ask those questions, then it's probably time for you to have a deeper conversation. <laughs> and that's where you can find us, right? You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and things like that and ask questions. We're happy to try and answer questions. Obviously, we don't know all of the state laws, we can help direct resources. Or if you're just like, I don't even know where to start or, you know, or if you're questioning yourself, we're there to encourage you guys to start your homeschooling journey. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Okay, Gail. So you are at the beginning of your homeschool journey. What would you say, can you just share at this stage, what would you say community means for you and your, in your homeschool journey? I don't know if you can tell or not, but I'm kind of a people person. <laughs> no. <in> general. <laughs> I love people. So community is huge for me as a whole. The last three years was difficult for me. Not that I stayed in my house all day long or day. If I had to stay home all day long with my son and never see anybody, that would be really hard for me. Right. And I can only imagine what that looks like for my, you know, at the time, five and six year old. He was thinking in his head, like, what do you mean we're not going to go to school? He had to do that. They tried to do freaking preschool on a Zoom call. And I was like, are you kidding me? A 15 minute Zoom call for preschool? Joking. Joking. I needed the community, not only for him, but for me. My first year, I was like, I don't know what the frick I'm doing. I needed that homeschool convention to find the curriculum. And I was lucky enough that I really did fall in love with the first curriculum I picked up. And I know that that is not typical. It's not. It's not (laughs) typical. Okay, guys, like if you pick up a curriculum and you buy it and you hate it, throw it away. Hear me? Throw it away. Okay. If you hate it, throw it away. But I really enjoyed the one we picked up and he really likes it. Now, do we do every single question in there? No. And does he sit down right next to me and do it? No, because he can't. (laughs) Like he wanders the room while I read to him, right? But the best thing about it is I get to go to the little kid group and he plays Hot Wheels or we do Nerf group or we do the Dr. Seuss day or whatever it is, or the field trip. We got to go do Soretta's candy 
or feed my starving children. That was amazing for my six-year-old to get to go do. And he's like, when are we going to go fill the bags again? So. (laughs) Oh, I love him. So he gets to go serve other people and see us serving. The serving is not for me. You know, or it's not it's not for the other people I'm serving. I mean, it is, but it's for my heart. There's so much that happens inside your heart when you serve other people. And it really it's it's such a gift to me to get to serve. And so I get he gets to see that, too. And then he gets to serve and then his heart gets to grow. And, you know, so it's just you don't get to do that when they're in school for eight hours. You don't get to do that stuff because you're you're tired from working all day. They're tired from being in school all day. And you guys don't. And then you all hate each other at four o'clock in the afternoon and you can't wait to put them to bed. I've seen it. I've seen families that are that way. They get their kids home at four o'clock and they cannot wait to get them in bed at seven o'clock. Cannot wait. You only have 18 summers. Oh, 18 summers. Doesn't that just put everything in perspective? <laughs> you only have 18 summers. With your kids. And now I get 18 years with my kid. That's awesome. That's a great perspective. When you think about the fact that our church puts 18 summers on the thing, which is great because it helps like when they when they're born or whatever. With my son, they have now 13 summers until he's 18 or whatever, 12. And well, that might be right. But now my life with him is not just summers anymore. Mm hmm. And so the community that the support group has brought me is that I get to go and spend that time with him doing the things that he loves. And then he gets to come home and he's like, okay, let's do homeschool now. When he's just already basically done homeschool out with the community because he's learned something. He's learned the, with the Hot Wheels, learned motion and the movement of the cars and how fast things go. And you break things when you move them too fast or they hit something, you know? <laughs> You know, there's lots of things more than just what's in a book, you know, and kids are actually learning how to live life with a support group. It's not just about reading, writing and arithmetic Mm -hmm. with homeschool, which is my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. Like he gets to bake with me. He gets to see how we make dinner every day. It's not just things in a book. He's learning life skills. And I feel like my oldest, not that she's not great at all those things too, but I feel like it it would be different for her now if we had done a lot of those things with her. Mm-hmm. Our relationship would be different too, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yes. So I'm going to share a little bit about after 14 years, um, what community means to me now. Um, and it's very much the same as what you just shared. Um for me, the heart of what we do really is the key. We get the best part of each other's day. We don't get the leftovers. Mm-hmm. We get the best part. We get the worst of each other's day too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get the best part of each other's day, not just what's left over. And that is really important to me. And then our community is that support that we need throughout those worst parts of our days. So I can call up the people in my group, the people that we've connected with, I can share my frustrations. I can share my, you know, how do I handle this? How do I handle that? And just really have them be there for for me to help. And I can do the same for them. And you know, Um, we're going to be home. Right. And we're going to be home. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Homeschoolers are not home a lot. Well, that's true. I mean, you know, we might be available. We're not going to be like necessarily right at our nine to five. Right, right. Per se. Per se. Yes. <laughs> Although some homeschoolers are nine to fivers and Absolutely. you can totally homeschool 
in the times outside of that. Like, yes. People need to understand that homeschool can be done outside of a nine to five. Like if you are a single parent and you have to work, homeschool can totally be done outside of a nine to five. It absolutely can be. That is a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. And and community can help with that too. Absolutely. Yes. I, I would just say that if you are considering homeschooling, that is the first thing I would recommend doing is finding a group that you can connect with, finding a group that you can get plugged in with, finding your state org that you can start going to conferences and going to the things that they put on. And you can just see the support that is out there because a lot of people think that homeschooling is still not done very much. And there are a lot of us. We, there's a lot of us out there. You are not alone. You can do it. There's a community for you to support you and help you and to be there for you. If you are considering homeschooling, find a group that you can get plugged in with, whether it's a support group or a co-op. Find those groups and get connected yeah. first thing. And some of the support groups that even ours, I mean, we have like a like a free park day, basically, that those of us who are homeschooling, who pe- know people who might want to homeschool, we invite the, our friends and stuff too who might be thinking about homeschooling so they can meet the group without necessarily having to put, you know, your, like your dues in or whatever mm-hmm. um, so that you can kind of decide, are these my people? Mm-hmm. You know, because you have to be real. Some people are not your people. And you have to find the people you jive with and that you have a good vibe with. And so that's okay. And it's okay to try out a couple of different groups. Absolutely. You know, you don't have to go to the very first one you try every single time. And if you try one for a couple of months, it's kind of like the curriculum. If you try it for a couple of months and it's not for you, it's okay to throw it away. <laughs> I wish I would have learned that lesson uh, <laughs> right at the beginning. Well, and that's the thing. Like, that's what I learned at my very first homeschool convention. And I was so grateful for hearing that over and over and over and over again. Like I went to the free mini convention the first day. I went to the special needs thing and I went to the homeschool, new to homeschooling thing. And they they just pushed that if you don't like something, if it's not working, just toss it out and try something new. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was so, again, it was so liberating. We're so stuck. Even those of us who went to public school, I went to public school my whole career, my whole school life. I went to public school. I, it was so liberating to think, oh, I, d- I don't have to stick to this lesson plan. I can actually throw that away. Mm-hmm. What do you mean I can throw? I mean, yes, you are throwing away money or if you can donate the book if you haven't used it or, you know, there's used curriculum book sales that you can get involved in and things like that. But move on to another curriculum or another support group or a different co-op or whatever. You do not have to stay. Or even like if you're unsure if you should homeschool and your kid starts school, you don't have to wait till the end of the year to pull them out. Not at all. Not at all. I feel like parents are like, well, they started. They have to finish. No, they don't. No, they don't. If they're struggling, pull them out. Mm -hmm. Start the homeschooling now. And my kids were not in public school. This is just a tip that I have learned along the way. If you are choosing to homeschool after your student has already been in public school or private school or take some time to de-school. Take some time to work on the heart and change that mindset because homeschool does not look like public school in your living room. I'm going to use the Rona as an example of this because 
there were a lot of everyone was doing school in their living room, right? Because mm-hmm. they had to. Mm-hmm. That is not a true. If you went through that, mm-hmm. if you were doing school at home because your kid had to, that is not a true picture of what homeschooling looks like. Right. That's not that, homeschool. That was that's school from home. Yes. That's eight hours of school from home. And that's not what homeschool looks like. It's not. It's not at all. You are going to be out there involved in your community and learning through the world, Mm -hmm. not sitting at your computer for eight hours a day. Exactly. So if you are pulling your kids out of out of school, de-school, take some time to get to know each other's likes and learning styles and your teaching, your teaching style. style. Mm-hmm. Take some time say. to learn that before diving back in. You, they're not going to get behind. You're not going to lose ground that they need to have. Take some time and just de-school. Well, and the fun thing about homeschool, and this is the thing that really caught me off guard too, when they kept saying this in the special needs area that I was in with my son was he's never going to know that he, if he's behind, he's never going to know if he's behind. He's never going to know that he might be learning this slower than Jojo over here. It's not going to be a thing because there is no comparison in my living room or my dining room table. Like Mm -hmm. all he knows is that he's doing that next page and he understands it. And that's all he knows. Whether it took us four days to get that page done because that's how long it took for him to be able to sit still to do it. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I also think that parents need to remember is that Just because the school tells you your kid is behind does not mean that your kid is behind. It just means that they might have a different learning scale. Everybody learns differently at their own rate, at their own time. Right. And had had I known that I was a visual and like audio learner when I was in school, had I known that I would have found a way to get my books on audio when I was in high school. And I think I would have been a much better student. And if I find that that's the way my son learns, then gosh darn right, I'm going to find my son's books on audio because that's how I comprehend things. When I hear them, I comprehend them so much faster than if I were to try and read a piece of paper. (laughs) If I were to try and read a piece of paper, it would take me like seriously 16 times to read through it before my brain would actually comprehend what I'm reading. And so... You know, that's, but that's the thing that you get with community is when you're struggling with something, you have other moms who have tried, you know, like I have Christina here who's homeschooled five kids now and has done this for 14 years. And I can go to her and say, this is not working for my son. What else can I do? Or I can go to three other moms in my support group and say, what's worked for you? And I can try all of those things over the next six months and find the thing that works for my kid. And then you can watch him flourish. Right. Right. Or I can find the the interest group that really, really, really interests him. And then we can focus on that thing. Like my son loves to take things apart and try to put them back together. He's got an engineer style brain, but he's not as great at putting them all back together because then it gets hard and then he struggles. But I know he likes to take things apart. So, okay, well, let's take things apart and then I'll figure out how to put them back together. And then you take it apart again, and then I'll know how to put it back together. And then once he has that strong enough brain power, then he'll be able to put it back together again. I know he likes to do that, so we'll keep doing those things. Mm-hmm. But that's 
you don't get to do that in school. This is this is why we do what we do. Yeah. This is why we're here. Yeah. Absolutely. And the community group is great because you get to try all these different interest groups without anybody saying you can only have two electives. Or in elementary school, you know, we only got to have choir and art and then band if you wanted to be pulled out of one of your other classes or whatever. Or while they were teaching math and you had to catch up later, those kinds of things. And that's the other thing. People don't realize that you can still go do those things in the public school. You You can can still go and do band and choir in elementary school at your local public school if your kid wants to do those things. Or you can find your city boys and girls choir and do that instead. If you don't want them, if if the reason you don't want them in public school is because of the type of people they might be around or the things that they might be learning, then find a city school or a city choir or something. Or heck, start one up in your community group. Start one. I like that. Get involved. <laughs> Absolutely. Get, Get involved. involved with your, your local support group or your local co-op. Get plugged in. One of the one of the great things about a support group or a co-op is that your kids think about this. How often do we hear, what about socialization? Mm-hmm. Is my kid going to be socialized? Mm-hmm. Okay, your kid's going to be over-socialized. Mm-hmm. So one of the great things about these groups is that your kids are not going to be sitting in a classroom with somebody their own age for the entire year yes. and then move up with them the next year and the next year and the next year and the next year. Your kids are going to be around kids of all ages. And grown-ups. And grown-ups. Mm-hmm. And grown-ups. So our little digression, our support group, my mother um, has been sick for many years. She is in a care home. And our support group before Rona, we used to go in. Our group would go in and do crafts with the um, elderly at the care home. And they had the best bonds with these people in this in this nursing home. And it was just incredible to see. And it wasn't just my kids with their grandma. It was our group with all of the residents. And there was this one lady, my now seven-year-old, he just adored her. She adored him. I'm pretty sure she thought that it was her kid, mm-hmm. you know, but they just, every time they'd see each other, he would run up and give her the biggest hug and she just loved it. Like Made the bonds that they formed mm-hmm. was incredible. Well, and I mean, you see how these kids can come up and speak to a grown-up. And I mean, that was one of my biggest issues with my my now 19-year-old, when she was 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old, she didn't want to go up and talk to any grown-ups. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she had an aversion to wanting to actually speak to anyone. She's like, well, can't you just go ask? And I'm like, no, you need to talk to people. Now, my almost seven-year-old has no problem going and talking to people. I love my little guy because he knew Christina was coming over tonight. And he goes, so mom, are you and Miss Karina? He calls her Miss Karina because he cannot say her name, which is love my favorite him. thing. <laughs> but he goes, are you and Miss Karina going to do the thing on the microphones? And I was like, yeah, buddy, we are. And he's so he just knows like he knows her. He's familiar with her. He's not afraid to talk to her. If he needed something at her house, he would go up and ask. The thing about it is, is that I'm seeing him being able to talk to kids his age, kids not his age, kids, older kids, and then adults. You don't see that in school because they're told to sit down and be quiet and don't talk to the grown up unless you raise your hand. Now, I'm not saying that our kid's rude and they just walk up and do the things, but 
they will stand there and wait till you're done talking and then they'll ask their questions. You'd be surprised. And honestly, homeschool kids are some of the most polite, best mannered kids I've ever met in my life. You're definitely socialized. That is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you have any more questions about co-ops or support groups or state organizations? I don't think so. But I, I mean, that was all some really good information. I'm sure there's a lot more that, that so much more that I'm sure share. will come up. We, yeah. It'll come back around, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. So, but we'll right. make sure to put that information about HSLDA and some resources um, so that they have that information. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you guys have any questions, you can reach out to us directly as well. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you are subscribing to our channels and on our email list and all of the things. All right. Well, let's close out this episode with a quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the freedom that we have to homeschool. Thank you for those that are working hard to make sure that those freedoms stay free. Thank you for the dedication of the, the volunteers that put in many, many hours. And just be with the mom listening today that is questioning or thinking or wondering. Just be with her, put it on her heart, and just show her the direction that you would have her go and help us to be a light and a resource for her. Pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we'll be here for you next week, guys. Hey, bestie. Bestie.